welcome back to the Pool Pro Podcast, episode number 10. As part of our drowning prevention series, you can learn what Steve Little from Clarell Pool Services does in Palm Desert to train his team to watch out for drowning hazards. You're not going to want to miss this. Welcome back to the Pool Pro Podcast. This is Michelle Cavan with my co-host, Dave Rockwell. And we are very excited today because this is a topic that is very important to the pool industry, drowning prevention. We're starting off Water Safety Month with um, several podcasts related related to drowning prevention. And today we have the owner of Clarell Pool Services in Palm Desert, who I've known for quite some time. He's a huge, huge drowning advocate and doing a lot in his own community. We really want to talk to Steve about, you know, what our responsibility is. So please welcome Steve Little from Palm Desert. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. But I'd like to digress for a moment. I'm a huge drowning prevention advocate. Did I say drowning? Did I say drowning proponent? Oh my gosh, Steve. Drowning I'm an advocate. So I'm a drowning yes. prevention advocate. Yes, yeah. we definitely don't want to have a drowning advocate. Sorry about that. that Important does. distinction there. I know, right? So Steve, can you just tell us a little bit about your background just so people understand who you are and, and, and what you do in the industry? Sure. So uh, my name is Stephen Little. Uh, I'm the CEO of Claro Pool Services. Uh, I founded this company in June of 2000, so near 20 years ago. Uh, Today we have more than 40 full-time cleaning employees and another 15 or 16 administrative employees or sales folks. Uh, We clean several thousand pools a month uh, and repair several thousand pools a month in the greater Coachella Valley area. Uh, My personal background is I graduated with a master's degree in organic chemistry from USC in May of 2000. Uh, I then got my master's in horticulture uh, behind that. Uh, And so I'm a a chemist, uh, a swimmer. I swam in college. Uh, My daughter uh, actually made the Olympic team in the year 2020, uh, but the Olympic Wow, Steve, that's awesome. So uh, my my 16-year-old daughter is a swimmer. uh, and I'm a, I'm a huge advocate uh, to change the way we're thinking with the resources we have and uh, have a profound impact on the results we can produce, um, period. The, the swimming pool really always has been and should have been considered the incubator of everything great. Learn to swim, relaxation for our families, uh, downtime with our families, but the swimming pool has turned into something where people go, well, it's a liability to have it in my backyard. Well, you know, kids or family members could get hurt. And I, I think that uh, as, as leaders in the swimming pool industry, we have the ability to change that narrative very, very easily. So my background is I'm a storyteller and I like to take uh, all of these facts and numbers and, and, and uh, turn them into a story. And that story is as pool professionals, we can, we can uh, uh, really have a profound uh, impact and change the way people think about swimming pools in their backyard. Absolutely. And I know, Steve, um, tell me a little bit about what you do from a service perspective. I know you have a swim school and some other things that we want to talk about, but tell from a service perspective, what can a service guy or a service company do to, to be an advocate for their, for the customers that they rep, that they, you know, serve, what can they do? What is, what is their responsibility as a service guy? Well, the, the first thing is, is I, I am not the person to say, what is your direct responsibility? I can make suggestions yeah. and I can say the things that I've done. Uh, I, I'm not uh, the authority on, on what people's responsibility is, but I can tell you from my perspective 
that most of, if not all of our customers require us to be the experts in the room. You'll hear customers all the time, they'll say, oh, my guy, that's my guy, that's my swimming pool guy. That's the guy who, who uh, knows my equipment, who knows my pool, and who knows my family. And so I, I think that our primary responsibility is to be the expert in the room, to be aware of all of the opportunity that we have to have an impact on the lessening of drowning, injury, and unfortunately death. So our primary responsibility is be the expert. Know what the uh, resources in your community are, know what the resources in your region are, know what the resources in your state are, uh, and be able to talk about them eloquently and in such a manner that you captivate your audience. Uh, so uh, in the Coachella Valley, I know uh, who's teaching kids to swim. I know who's offering scholarships. I know what the resources are. I know how to teach learn to swim. And so every chance I get, that excitement just bubbles over and uh, I I'm allowed to talk to my customers and let's strike that word aloud. I'm given the opportunity to talk to my customers yeah, and right. tell them uh, this is what we're doing to change the narrative related to uh, a drowning uh, injury and, and uh, a death, which is 100% preventable. Let me ask you this. You, you run 40 different trucks and you have 40 people in the backyard, in people's backyards. Um, what do you do to train your employees to, to work with customers on drowning prevention? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And David, thank you for that. Uh, primarily speaking, all of my employees in the backyard are certified by the Red Cross. All of my employees are certified water watchers, okay? So they know what to look for. So the power of observation is really important. So uh, I, I built upon their responsibilities in the backyard to look for dangers and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Just like we know stranger danger, and that's something that's been infused in all of our lives, we should know how to look for water dangers. So we're looking for loose cords or electrical hazards. We're looking for fences that have things stacked up against them. We're looking for open doors and gates. So the power of observation is the first thing. I train my staff to observe uh, their, their surroundings and to report their surroundings. So, you know, we've all heard that, that famous moniker, if you see something, say something. Yeah. So doggone it, right. if we see something, we say something, and we create an alert uh, within our proprietary operational system to alert the office. Uh, and so those see something, say something reports upflow to me and my management team. And then we're going back to the owners in a very short amount of time going, whoa, 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 we've got a danger. So the opportunity to be in thousands of backyards every month uh, allows us to uh, condition ourselves to observe those things I've identified as dangers and then to report it in a efficient manner and to try to turn uh, around or reverse the clock on those dangers. If we see yeah. an electrical hazard, we will shut a gate and zip tie it and, sh and red flag a pool. If we see a drowning hazard, we're gonna knock on the back door and talk to our customers. Um, if we see something that's potentially greater than that, it's going to be referred to my QA managers. Uh, so really, it's if you see something, say something. And if you see it again, say it again. And if you see it again, say it again. Right. That's a great way to do it, Dave. 
Yeah, so <clears throat> that's a responsibility that um, whether you're a single pole guy, you need to educate yourself. If you have employees, it, it's imperative that you that you educate them as well. Yeah, absolutely. The power of education in this industry is unparalleled. There is so much opportunity to find relevant quality education. Oftentimes yes. it's free. We have leaders in this yep. industry that are absolutely stunning about the proliferation of education. I mean, from chemical education to, you know, the, the, the construction education to equipment manufacturers, it's unparalleled. There's never been an industry like this before. And we are populated with people who love swimming pools and who love the water and who love the sun in the backyard. And we all have the opportunity to take those things that we love uh, uh, and, and turn them into a career. I think it was Confucius that said, find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life, right? Yep, but yep. the reality is, is we get to do this. I mean, we're not stuck in an office. Well, I am sometimes. Uh, <laughs> we get to be out in the sun and we get to be talking to people about things they enjoy and the swimming pool. And I mean, the, the reality is what we have and what we do is unparalleled in any other vocation on this planet. And I, I, I leave this comment is we get to do this, right? Yes, Translate yes, that to, to your education level. Embrace the education and go do it. Absolutely. Can we talk a little bit about your swim school, Steve? I know you have um, you have a big, uh, you know, you're you're big, you're a swimmer yourself. So swimming and teaching people how to swim and kids how to swim is an important topic for you and, and a concept for you. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing in your community from a you know learn to swim perspective? Sure, absolutely. Nothing is more. I love to talk, and nothing is more favorite. My favorite topic is talk about learn to swim. But in order to um, shed some light on what I'm doing now and what my future plans are, I have to go backwards a little bit. Okay. So um, my daughter, uh, an Olympic trials contender uh, in 2020, which is now postponed, uh, uh, was born in 2004. Um, and I uh, sat back and, and remember talking to her mom and her mom said, we got to get her into a swim school. We got to get her into some lessons to teach her to swim. And I thought, that is the most ridiculous thing in the world. I mean, swimming comes uh, as much of a second nature to me as it does from, you know, to, to many other people. And so the first thing I thought is, why am I going to enroll my daughter in a swim school? I'm just going to throw her in the pool and off she's going she's gonna to swim, right? Because she's related to me and I like to swim. And so <clears throat> right. I have to admit that around the 2004, 2005, and even into 2006, I thought, well, how can kids drown? How is that possible? Uh, uh, it's just, it's just, it's not probable. It's not possible. I didn't know the statistics. Um, I was callous to it uh, because you hear about it so often and it just, I was jaded. I became jaded. And uh, probably the most dangerous condition I ever, I ever experienced. And, you know, um, their mom uh, continued to press me. Steven, we've got to get him in swim lessons. We've got to get him in swim lessons. And I was teaching my kids to swim, uh, my daughter, then eventually my son. Uh, and it just never, it never was a, a primary importance to me because I just 
presumed they would come out of the womb knowing how to swim. Uh, and, and that was right. a big problem. Complacency is what is what is the, the biggest enemy towards uh, our babies and our future and our most precious asset uh, of, of our, in, in drowning and injury in a swimming pool. So uh, about 2010, I, I had this epiphany moment, maybe 2011. I was sitting on the deck of the local public pool uh, and I was enjoying the sun and I was teaching my daughter how to butterfly. Um, and so I watched, and, and this story has been told and is on my website. Uh, I watched a father push his daughter into the 15 foot uh, deep swimming pool. And I looked at this little girl who was seven feet away from me, fall into the pool, put her hands above her head, and like a missile with gravity, went straight to the bottom of 15 feet of water. And I knew instantly right then uh, that she didn't know how to swim. And I'm probably making it a little bit more dramatic because I have a, a tendency to make things dramatic, but I leapt into action and jumped across the lane line down into the bottom of the pool and I pulled her out and I, I put her back up on the deck and I looked at the father with some disdain and some anger and that moment was my epiphany. That moment I thought, there are really people who don't know how to swim. And the thing that, that creates my income, the thing that has created my business, is the greatest fear for a large swath of our population. And I sat back and said, I have the resources and the passion and the knowledge and the drive to do something about this. And so stop right here, right now, I'm going to change the story. And yep. within 15 minutes, I picked up the phone and called my friend. Uh, Janet Evans, who is a four-time gold medal, or maybe a five-time gold medal Olympian, Olympic swimmer, the, you know, known for her famous windmill stroke. And I called Janet Evans and I said, Janet, uh, it's Steve Little. And I'm sitting out here in Palm Desert. And what I know is I've got to teach the world to swim. And Janet told me I was crazy, right? And I said, yeah, tell me something new. I know I'm crazy, but let's find a way to teach the world to swim. One child at a time. Uh, yep. And she said, you know, you have a, you have a, a, a passion. It reminds me of my friend Rowdy Gaines. And I go, Rowdy? Gosh, I grew up swimming, idolizing Rowdy. He was the yeah. fastest guy in the world. I grew up going, wow, Rowdy Gaines. And she goes, I'm going to conference Rowdy in. And so Rowdy got on the telephone and we talked and our conversation ended up being over an hour. And that afternoon, I went down to the airline, to the airport, and I bought a ticket and jumped on a plane and was in Florida the next day, face to face with my swimming idol, which was Rowdy Gaines. And Rowdy and Janet and I came together and founded what is known now as a Swim to Win initiative. It was an initiative mm. to teach the world to swim one child at a time. Yeah. So how has that evolved? So every year uh, it, during National Water Safety Month, some years it's yep. been pushed back uh, due to circumstance uh, into the International Learn to Swim Day, which is early June. Um, but every year what we do is we come together and we bring in Team USA Olympians like Rowdy and Janet, uh, but some, some others that uh, are more well-known, Margaret Holzer, Amanda Beard, uh, Aaron Pearsall, uh, and, and we brought together 18 Team USA Olympians, Eric Chanteau, Jason Lezak. I mean, for goodness sakes, Jason Lezak, who still holds 
the record for the fastest four by 100 in human history. Uh, so we bring together all of these Olympians and we put together this swimming program where you can learn to swim by the best in the world. So I wanna, I wanna move off of that topic for a second. USA Swimming has been the best in the world for 70 years, right? Yeah. So we have been the best in the world. In 1976, the men's Olympic swim team, team uh, that was had Mark Spitz and Brian Goodell and others um, won every medal in every race, period. We, the USA swept the games. Uh, and then the international governing body of swimming, FINA, came back and said only two contenders per event because they never wanted the country to sweep it again. USA Swimming has dominated the swimming world for 70 years. And so now we've taken the gold medalists, the guys and the gals and the men and women who have the most gold medals out of Team USA historically. Brian Goodell, Mark Spitz, Aaron Pearsall, the king of backstroke, Eric Chanteau, you know, a champion who beat testicular cancer to race back and win the gold in, in London. Um, and, and they all come together and they give freely of their time and their passion and their energy and we teach kids to swim. So we built the program around some, some uh, stuff that the YMCA was doing uh, and we did swim to win. And so we believe that swimming is a metaphor for winning. So swimming and winning, swim, the swim to win initiative. Uh, so we really put together this program. And are you going to do that this year, Steve? Are you, is it on track for this summer or is the COVID-19 thing breaking it up? <laughs> Great and unfortunate question. The public pool that we use is closed currently. So yes, we're currently scheduled, but it really depends upon the city opening up the public pool. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to stop winning. Uh, which is which is which yeah. gave rise to what I'm currently doing. We're gonna we're gonna keep on teaching kids to swim in whatever format, however way we have we have to accomplish that. So, swim to win. Ten years now, ten years we've taught fifty five thousand children how to swim for free. Fifty five thousand children. Wow, that's program. fantastic, Steve. Terrific. And, and, and they pay not one red cent. Nothing. 55,000 children have been to our program. And so uh, adults too, uh, we, we've taught adults to swim. Uh, people come from far and, you know, I can't get a podium like Rowdy Gaines or Janet Evans can. And so those guys get the people to come. I just put the program together and we've, we've been teaching kids to swim and we'll never stop. Now that parlayed into what we're currently doing. I bought a swim school. And we turned the swim school into the manifestation of the swim to win initiative. So that now we have a permanent location and no matter what, I don't care if you're two or 222, right? We have a place to teach you to swim for free, right? For the entire year, we have a heated safe swimming pool and we're gonna teach you to swim. All people have to do is reach out to me in the greater Coachella Valley and we're gonna teach you to swim. And where would someone go? What website would they go to, Steve, if they want to learn more about the, the um, Swim to Win program and that type of thing? So historically, we were at swimtowin.org. I've taken that website down for some, for some remodeling. Uh, but I would say that the easiest way to get a hold of me or my team uh, is just support at claropools.com. If okay. you email support at claropools.com, it's, it's 
pushed right up to me, and then we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, get get them in on the program, and we're gonna get we're gonna connect uh, the benefactors or the beneficiaries. So my entire philosophy on learning to swim is there are companies and organizations that benefit from people learning to swim. And the beneficiaries are obviously the, the children and the adults and the teenagers, the adolescents who learn to swim because swimming is winning. So yeah. all I have done all these years is connect the benefactors and beneficiaries. So I go to Tier and Speedo and Adidas and Nike and uh, Blue 70 and the Magic 5 and all of these companies that benefit from swimmers. And I go find the swimmers and I connect the dots, right? Yeah. And so that's the thing that we can do the easiest as pool professionals. We look at, wow, who benefits from creating more swimmers? Well, in our industry, HASA benefits, SCP benefits, right? Uh, Pentair benefits, Gandhi benefits. Let's find the people who benefit. Let's find the need and let's find a way to fulfill the need in such a manner that, 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 that builds upon our community, right? Doing good for our communities absolutely means doing good in business and nothing has ever been easier or funner than doing, no doing good has ever been easier for them than the excitement and the zeal you see in a baby's eyes when they learn to swim or when you mitigate that fear. You know, yeah. uh, our society has for many, many years taught, oh my God, the swimming pool, it's a big scary thing. It's not. The swimming pool is incubated, incubator of everything great. It's individualism, it's team sports, it's freedom, it's relaxation, it's family. The swimming pool is the incubator of everything great. And all we have to do, all we have to do is connect the benefactors or the beneficiaries and do it in such a manner that it, it, it helps our community. And in helping yes. our community, we're helping our businesses. Let me ask you a question about swim schools because I just talked to somebody yesterday that called me, Steve, from the Northern California. She has her own swim school. And of course it's shut down right now due to the crisis, but she's concerned that that they won't be able to open back up because they can't follow the, the social distancing, the six foot apart thing. And so she was asking me, you know, who should I talk to? Can we, can we get a coalition together to be able to go to the government and, and decide, you know, kind of advocate for the swim schools? Because, you know, is there a way that we can do it? We, we're, we're still, you know, being responsible with the social distancing or even just responsible with not passing diseases. Um, and can we get something together to do that? What is your perspective on that? Because, you know, obviously swimming is a life skill. And if we can't open the swim schools back up, then, then you know, what are we going to do? And, and how are we going to, it's going to have a huge negative impact, in my opinion. What do you think about that? Thanks, Michelle. It's a great question. And there's a whole lot to unpack there. I think that uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rely upon my chemistry degree and my 20 years experience in the field. And I'm going to make a statement unequivocally. It is my belief, based upon all of my observations, all of my analysis, and all of my studies, that a properly chlorinated swimming pool or a properly clean swimming pool environment is going to mitigate or inhibit 95 to 98% of the danger of spreading any virus, right? Uh, there have been some, some leaders in this industry uh, uh, Rudy back east, I can't pronounce Rudy's last name, yes. uh, but Rudy back east and some others, they have really lobbied hard to ensure that swimming pool servicers are deemed essential. Okay? Yep. Why are we essential? 
Now you've heard other leaders in this country say sometimes the cure is worse than the disease. If we're not deemed essential and the cure is shutting everything down, right? The disease is waterborne illness. And we start looking at all of these different things. Uh, I think that most everybody in our industry is really acutely aware of waterborne illness. I think that we need to uh, get up to speed on, on uh, surface preparation and surface cleaning. I think there's a vacuum in that space right now of surface cleaning related to swim schools. So my swim school yes. is an outdoors environment, okay? Uh, I'm aware of how to clean surfaces. So we use sodium hypochloride and we bleach surfaces a couple of times a day through an aerosolization process, which is gonna ensure it. So we wash surfaces down with hot water, we use soap, we use bleach, we're safe. Other swim schools are indoors. Uh, and I'd say the majority of swim schools are indoors in the United States. And so we need to talk about some standard practices for cleanliness. How do we bleach and clean those things? We need to implement uh, those standard practices. And as your co-host David has uh, said earlier, he's into uh, ozone. I don't know a lot about ozone. I'm an ultraviolet guy, uh, but the alternative sanitizers in conjunction with a properly chlorinated pool. And I don't think you're gonna find any expert that says use ozone, use ultraviolet, as a substitution for chlorine. I think it mitigates high levels of chlorine. Is that right, David? Yes. And what you're doing is you're oxidizing the things out of the, out of the water that the chlorine has to work on first. It, it, you're allowing the chlorine to just be the residual sanitizer. Exactly. And so I think in conjunction with uh, 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 chlorine and a properly chlorinated pool, uh, and I stress properly chlorinated pool, not over chlorinated, not under chlorinated, that ozone uh, or ultraviolet or copper and silver ions, uh, which I'm not a big fan of, but you know, one of these things in conjunction with properly chlorinated pools uh, uh, would start being layered in. In my county, swim schools and splash pads are required to have ultraviolet systems on them. So, uh, Michelle, you asked a question. What do I think about swim schools? I think swim schools are absolutely essential because yep. the, the, the cure, uh, shutting them down, not allowing our babies and adults to swim is far worse than the disease, which is the potential of spreading uh, uh, an illness, right? Yeah. So I think that we take, number one, we've got to get together as an industry. We've got to realize yep. that pool cleaners we're equally essential to the swim instructors and we're equally essential to the builders. You know, you can't have an open hole in someone's backyard with rebar sticking all over the place, right? Just like you can't have an unattended swimming pool, which is the swim instructors, just like you can't have waterborne illness and spread, which are the, the pool cleaners. And so we've got to pull together. We've got to coalesce around the, 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 the notion in the United States, the prevention of waterborne illness is as important as a, a trip and fall danger in an open hole is as important as drowning and the prevention of drowning, period. Um, uh, so uh, we, we have to look at the trifecta. And once we do that, we've got to go, okay, yeah. this is what we've got. We're all essential and we've got to work together. And the yeah. proliferation of education from the guys who know how to prevent waterborne illness, thank you, David, for all your hard work, 
the guys who know how to prevent waterborne illness, to the guys who know how to teach kids to swim, I mean guys and gals, I'm using that loosely, to the folks that know how to teach kids to swim, to the folks who are building the pools. If we all come together and we all have a platform by which we share together common information and we build common practices, we're gonna mitigate any problems with uh, the learn to swim community and we're not gonna have this issue anymore. So the cure is worse than the disease. We've got to get the swim schools open. We've got to keep teaching our babies to swim and our adults. Uh, we've got to. Uh, uh, we've got to keep going. We've just got to keep going. We do. That's a that's a really important point. I think you just made uh, that that swim teachers are every bit as essential as, as pool cleaners. Uh, it's every bit as important to prevent drownings as it is to prevent pools from turning and uh, becoming a, a chemical and biological hazard. But um, we, we're, as, as an industry, I think we need to get this, this message out there that yep. you can mitigate the, the risk of exposure, even if we can't social distance, you can take temperatures by scanning the forehead. You can make sure that you're clean when you enter the water. You can make sure that the surfaces are clean around the pool. You can mitigate those risks of having a, an instructor with your child. What you can't mitigate is the risk of drowning with a kid who doesn't know how to swim. Well, you, you made a really important point there, David. Uh, and, and maybe I missed, missed it. Maybe I didn't touch on it. Absolutely, you're 100% right. Kids must learn to swim or we're gonna see uh, a new epidemic. We're gonna see, it's already an epidemic. Um, I'm a member of the board of trustees of USA Swimming. Uh, I'm probably the only pool, I, actually I know I'm the only pool guy in on that, on that council. And um, I work with USA Swimming every day uh, to ensure that kids have access to, to swim. And uh, I have some, some uh, uh, fun people I work with over there. Uh, but the reality is, um, if we talk about just the prevention of waterborne illness, or we say that social distancing is the cure and the disease is not knowing how to swim. And if we, if we embrace the notion that COVID-19, which we have now, uh, is gonna be a once in our lifetime events, we're being ignorant to all that will be true. This is a bad virus. We need to be aware of it as swimming pool professionals. It's not great, um, but there's gonna be another one. There's been MERS, there's been SARS, there's been the flu. So a more, we need to have a compassionate conversation around, if you're not feeling well, stay home. Yeah. You know, it, we, we talk about if you see something, say something. We need to have a more compassionate conversation around healthcare in the United States. We need to have a more compassionate conversation around stop demonizing people for staying home when they're sick. We need to have a conversation around you've got to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. We yeah. need to have uh, policing of ourselves and our own temperatures. Uh, some organizations here in the Coachella Valley have bought those forehead scanners. And there's some places you can't go into anymore uh, without the for forehead scanners. I think that I think that that's uh, an expensive solution. And little regional swim schools all over the country, by which there are thousands and tens of thousands of them, 
are not going to be able to afford $100,000 for a face scanner. But if they institute a policy of cleanliness, where in between classes, they're taking a Hudson sprayer with sodium hypochlorite water, a properly uh, diluted mix, and spraying it on the surfaces. If they're saying to their students, stay home if you're, you're well, if you're not well. If they're saying to the, pardon me, the parents, take your child's temperature before you bring them to the swim school. If they have duplicitous uh, sanitization methods, ozone, ultraviolet, chlorine in the water. You know, we can mitigate all of these problems. You know, people are gonna get sick and unfortunately people are gonna pass away. And I'm very sympathetic to that. But the reality is shutting down swim schools, shutting down the proliferation of swim education, marginalizing swim instructors is far more dangerous than the little bit of, of uh, uh, cost uh, that we're gonna have to face uh, to mitigate statistically and numerically 98 to 99% of the danger of this virus, future viruses, and past viruses. We have to treat the flu the yep. same way. If you have the flu, if you Absolutely. have symptoms of the flu, stay home. If you have symptoms of COVID-19, stay home. Seek uh, guidance from your medical professional, right? Don't yep. come to the swimming pool with the flu. Don't come to the swimming pool with COVID. Don't spread anything. Be compassionate and sympathetic to your fellow human beings. Try to stay five feet away. Uh, embrace and support those institutions and organizations who are cleaning up after themselves, who are leaders in their industries, because there's lots of them. Uh, and, and, and that's what I would say related to that, that, that statement. And I think we're definitely going to have to um, get together as an industry. You'll hear from me, Steve, because I think we definitely need to do that and get more involved um, in what's going on to make sure that they will open some schools at some point when we get, you know, past this, this kind of, it's, I guess it's a new normal now. So we have to figure out how we're going to adjust to that and how we're going to, um, you know, I guess, decide how we're going to act as an industry and advocate as an industry to be able to, to, to pull these things forward. And I agree with you hundred percent. Thank you so much for your passion, Steve. I think that it's, it's infectious. And when I hear you talk about how, about these things that are so important to you, it just makes me feel inspired. It makes me feel like, you know, I should be doing something <clears throat> more. And I'm, I'm guessing that people that are going to be listening to this podcast will feel the same way. So I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate what you're doing in the in Coachella Valley, and if all of us could take a little bit of of your passion and and use it in our own community, we're going to be better off as an industry. And so I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. And I and I want to bring you back because you have so much to offer on so many different topics um, for the pool industry, the service guys and gals out there. So we want to have you back. Would you Would you consider coming back? I'd love to. And, and in closing, I do want to add one quick thing. Paul Newman who most pool professionals will think of as a salad dressing guy, but who was a fantastic <laughs> actor, right? Used yes. to say, think globally, but act regionally. Think globally, but act regionally. And I want, I want people to take that away and go, we need to think about this problem as a global community because we're, we're a global community, but we need to act in those things that are gonna impact and, and have an impact on our region. And the good I'm doing in this region and the good you're doing in your region and David, the good you're doing in your region 
will come together and be good for the global community. And so think globally and act regionally. Yep. Because I can't change the world from my perch in the Coachella Valley, but I can change the Coachella Valley from my perch in the Coachella Valley. And David could change his valley by, by, from his perch there. And you can change your valley from your perch. And the combination of all those changes will usher in a time in which our babies, our national treasure, are no longer drowning. The statistics are shocking and scary. And that translates into stay away from the pool, stay away from the water, which is what we don't want. Which is what so we don't want. Closing, I, I encourage everybody to think globally and act regionally. So the takeaway for pool pros is to educate yourself, to learn what to look for and the hazards around the pool and, and to be observant. Don't just get in a rut of your normal routine of the st steps to clean a pool and pour chlorine in it, but to really objectively take a look at each pool, each visit and look for hazards and, and then look for opportunities to look for ways to uh, make sure that our clients, uh, children know how to swim and our clients. Absolutely. Yes, those are two great takeaways. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Steve. We appreciate you being on today. Stay safe and healthy in your area. And uh, we hope to talk to you soon and, and we'll talk about another topic that'll be valuable to the service community. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you, Steve. A new voice in the industry, a resource for all, education for you. This is Pool Pro Podcast. Build relationships and share important news as we get ready for our next backyard adventure. Pool Pro Podcast, backyard adventures are better together. Please take a moment to share, like, and review our content with all of those that would be interested.